Andrew Hall is the CEO of the Insurance Council of Australia. Good morning. Good morning, Patricia. The insurance sector has spent years telling governments they need to build back better, yet residents say you're not walking the walk when it comes to your own customers. Why are insurance companies blocking efforts to make homes more flood resilient? Well, I wouldn't characterise it that way at all. There's been more than 140,000 homes that have been rebuilt in southeast Queensland and, and northern New South Wales, and, and many of them are being rebuilt with a resilient factor. But uh, I think there there is some individual circumstances at play in a number of these cases. In the case of the East Lismore House, um, I suspect what's going to happen there is is the government funds that have been put into place for Lismore, which they're still working through finalising how that's going to interact with the rebuild. And, and we're working very closely with the New South Wales government to uh, hurry up and get that completed. I would say that the gap between the sum insured for the home and the money that will need to be spent on the resilient materials, that will come out of that, that grant. And that was why government in both South East Queensland and in northern New South Wales set up those resilient home programs in the first place. You rejected the premise that you're saying that, you know, that, that that's not the case. They are being built back resilient. But I picked up that you said many of them are being built. Shouldn't all of them be built in a resilient way, how can it just how can it not be absolute? Well, let, let's go back to how insurance works, and I think it's important context here. Uh, an insurance contract uh, contracts the insurer to build like for like. We know, and we have said for years, that that is one of the restrictions in resilient home building. Uh, the claims process, the build back process. It's very highly regulated. Insurers follow the, the black letter of the law that, that they've been contracted with the uh, customer. There are many insurers, and I've spoken to a number of them. Uh, the lady in that in that package referenced uh, one of them that does do it. They will have some tolerance. They'll look at the sum insured. If, if you've insured your home for, say, $800,000 and the resilient quote comes back at eight hundred and twenty or 30000 often the insurer will work with that builder to make sure those materials go in. But this is at the heart of what we've been arguing, is that uh, insurance can cover a certain amount. And in the Northern Rivers and and Queensland, more than uh, $4.2 billion has already been paid out of the insurance pool for building back. So this has been a massive, massive event that a lot of money has been paid out for. But uh, moving forward, we've got to start looking at these communities very differently. And from the get-go, from when these houses are originally built to be insured moving forward, they need to be built with resilient materials. And it's one of the points we've been making that in the National Construction Code, resilience should be the original objective when a house is originally built. So so original so that you can honour the like for like. But in the interim, before you get to that point, doesn't doesn't this issue need to be addressed? It does. And that's why there is a gap. And that is why uh, there's more than $1.5 billion being provided by the federal and state governments in the Northern Rivers and in southeast Queensland to match insurance payouts. Uh, in southeast Queensland, insurers have largely come to agreement with the state government. We're still trying to work through that in the Northern Rivers. Mm. I'm hopeful that that will come to conclusion fairly shortly. And we're doing consultations in Mullumbimby and Lismore with affected residents from the 6th of March onwards. We'll be able to talk to them face to face about their particular circumstances and connect them with this funding grants so that the gap between their sum insured, okay. the, the, the product they bought, and yep. the cost of the rebuild can be matched. So is this a warranty issue? 
it, there is a warranty issue in the sense that if whoever does the rebuild carries the warranty, and when you've got two different builders coming in, so an insurer's builder and then a government builder, uh, how do you combine the two? So what we've done in southeast Queensland is the insurers are taking on the warranty. So it is complex. Yeah. And actually what's going to come out of southeast Queensland and northern rivers is a model that we can use across the country. So this you know, this has been a horrible process for people to go through. There's no two ways about it. Flood is a terrible event. But I'm hopeful we can learn from this. And the same agreements we get in New South Wales and, and uh, Queensland, we should be able to replicate across the country for future events. There's also this issue of insurance companies taking a postcode approach to premiums without taking into account individual properties that have been retrofitted with flood and fire resilient materials. What's the industry going to do to address that? Well, it all depends on the industry, on that particular insurer's appetite for a region. Some insurers have a lot of data about a region and they will understand right down to the household level what the house is made of, where it's located. There are some other insurers that, that don't contain that data. They, they have a more broad-based approach uh, and they'll be far more selective about what kind of risks they want to take on board. But ultimately, at the heart of this is this whole challenge we've got in Australia with the changing climate that if we want to remain an insurable country, we need to make sure that, uh, that these communities are resilient. Okay. Now, Lismore, Mullumbimby, all of these towns have been through an unbelievable horror in terms of flood, and we've got to go back and fix up the infrastructure and the community protection for those communities. Yesterday on the program, we heard from Brisbane residents about the buyback scheme, and, and it's the same story in New South Wales. Flooded homes that were insured are still just sitting there. People are still navigating through insurance claims. How can that be the case 12 months on? Well, I mean, uh, the, let's, the context of this is that it's been Australia's largest natural disaster event. We've had 140,000 homes that have needed uh, some sort of repair or complete rebuild. That's been an enormous challenge to move through in a t period where we've had an, uh, a significant trade shortage. There was a temporary, there is a temporary accommodation okay. crisis in that area. So that th this has been a lot of moving parts, but we are getting the numbers closed. About 80% of the claims are now closed. Can I just uh, ask and, you before we hit the yes. news, you have some new figures on the 2022 flooding event. What can you tell us very briefly? Well, we've got more than $4.2 billion paid out. I think there's um, 239,000 claims now in total. Um, so it has been Australia's largest natural event. We are getting through it. The closure rate is speeding up. I'm hopeful that once these government grants uh, programs are finalised, uh, th th that should speed up a lot more. Thank you so much for your time, Andrew. My pleasure, Patricia. Andrew Hall, CEO of the Insurance Council of Australia. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.